Hey friend, welcome to Self Transformed, a podcast dedicated to transforming your health in less time and guilt-free through the power of habit hacking. I'm your host, Emily Nichols, behavior change specialist, fitness and Whole30 coach, and Taco Tuesday enthusiast. (laughs) Hey, I know the struggle is real when it comes to taking care of you. I too am a working mom who felt physically and emotionally drained, but lacked the time and confidence to actually make myself a priority. Creating habit strategies around my health was the key to help me finally create a consistent, healthy lifestyle that does doesn't feel hard. I'm now on a mission to equip you with those same sustainable habit hacks to help transform your life from the inside out, guilt-free. Together, we will simplify your health into daily habits that don't feel like another thing on your long to-do list, but rather consistent actions that add up to a massive transformation that will stick through all seasons of your life. So if you're ready to have it hack your health and create your own self-transformation, then let's do this. You're listening to episode 154 of Self Transformed. Hey friend, welcome to the show. I want to take a moment and welcome all of the new habit hackers inside of the Habit Hacking Society. It was so fun kicking this off with you all last week. If you missed out, the doors are closed for my new membership community to help you build sustainable, healthy habits together because honestly, it's a lot more fun doing life together and being with other women who are struggling with a lot of the same things. Don't worry, there is a link in the show notes to join the waitlist to be one of the first folks to know when doors open again to join us in the Habit Hacking Society. But I'm so excited for all of these founding members and I can't wait to grow this community together. As always, you can still work with me as either a Whole30 client, you can check out my Habits That Stick Starter Kit mini course, and of course, every month I am launching Self Transform You, my signature four-week program where we work really closely together to build a customized sustainable health plan together backed by habit strategy. Now, I'll have an announcement about STU here in the next week or so. I'm changing the format a little bit. Just I'm always, as you guys know, I'm always getting client feedback. And I was thinking if I was investing in a program like STU, what would I want? What has been transformative for me when I have worked with coaches as well, and I'm hearing some of the same responses from STU alumni as well. So not a bunch of big changes, but a couple little tweaks here and there that I think is going to make it even more transformational for you as well. So if you want to learn more, you can go to selftransformu.com. The next round starts on 627. Oh my gosh, that seems far away, but it's not. (laughs) Now, here in the next couple of weeks, we are going to be doing a food series just to give you a little preview of what's coming up. You know, we did a fitness series about a month and a half ago. I want to do a fitness, or I'm sorry, a food series now coming up and get you excited about what I like to call food freedom. Also, spoiler alert, we will be having a flash sale here in the next couple of weeks as well. Make sure you are part of the Facebook community. We'll be hosting our free mini workshop next Wednesday the 15th at 12 p.m. Eastern. This week in the group, they are voting on what subject matter they would like for me to coach on, but also those folks are the first. They get a little extra preview a week early for the flash sale. So if you want to get a discount on any of my pro 
programming minus the new membership because that those doors are closed for now make sure you join us link is in the show notes for you as well okay let's talk about today's guest and what we're talking about today here on the show this is something i've wanted to talk about for a while just had to find the perfect expert guest to come on and talk to you all we're talking about sex baby i had to i had to if you you know graduated high school in 99 like i did you know you know you know if you know so if you have kiddos in the car listening or in the house, we are going to be talking about SCX a little bit. So you might want to get them in the other room. This is really important because we're going to be talking about building a habit of intimacy with your partner. I don't know about you, but we get so busy in the logistics of life <laughs> and feeling like your partner is almost just like a roommate or you're just talking about what needs to be done around the house, where you got to take your kids, where you aren't feeling super connected with them. I mentioned in the episode, you know, sometimes I live, you know, I live with my husband, obviously, but sometimes I'm like, I miss you. Like we haven't been able to have like intentional conversations together, intentional time, intentional intimacy time, because you know, you're so freaking tired or maybe you don't want to be touched because you've been so, you've been touched by everyone else and just super overstimulated all day, right? So we're going to talk about building a habit of intimacy that doesn't feel super overwhelming or hard. And today I have Dr. Christy Overstreet on the show. I was on her show a few weeks back talking about habits and movement, joyful movement in particular. But I'm super excited. She is a clinical sexologist and psychotherapist and host of the Fix Yourself First podcast. I love the name of her show. So Dr. Christy's mission is to help people experience self-change, to feel empowered and connected in their personal and professional relationships. I love this so much. Relationships, I feel like, are such a big form of self-care and connecting with others and connecting with your partner or spouse is super duper important. And honestly, it's one of the first things to go, especially as a working mom, because you're so busy taking care of everyone else. And I know you don't want to feel neglected by your partner. And sometimes we neglect our own partner as well. So the habits Christy, Dr. Christy shares in today's show will really help you with thinking about conflict resolution, building intimacy, and making a habit in your life that doesn't feel so scheduled, but more so intentional. Okay, make sure you stick around to the end of the episode. I will share, as always, my three biggest takeaways, cliff notes, if you will. This might also be a really great episode for you maybe to share with your partner as well to help you guys build intimacy together. Okay, guys, let's get into this conversation with Dr. Christie. All right, gang, welcome back to Self Transformed. I am super excited to have this conversation today with Dr. Christy Overstreet of the Fix Yourself First podcast. Dr. Christy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, Emily, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah, I was just on your show as well. So it's really fun to have another conversation with you again, of course, focused around habits and self-care and relationships today. But as we get started, um, the first question I ask every single guest is what comes to mind when you hear the phrase self-transformed? For me, it's that I've, uh, I've made a change for me, by me, and really what's best for me. So then self-transform, I make it all about me and it can feel selfish. Like, gosh, I can't make this all about me. However, 
it's the only way that I'm going to show up the way I need to in relationships. If I take care of me in that way to transform. Yeah. We got to take care of ourselves first. And it's so hard to do sometimes as women. And of course I love the name of your show, fix yourself first. That makes total sense for what we'll be talking about today and what we're all about here at self transformed as well. Awesome. I love asking that question because everyone has a different answer. So it's always fun to hear what our guests have to say. Well, Christy, can you share maybe your own transformation story as far as what you do now, who you are, and kind of what has led you to what you specialize in today? Well, when I think of this transformation go from being in one place to really being in another with me being the driving force behind that. And for me, both professionally as a clinical sexologist and certified sex therapist and coach working with people on intimacy issues and healthcare issues, and then my own personal relationships, the biggest thing that helped me go through transformation is failure. Now, that doesn't sound really awesome, right? You're like, no, I didn't have an epiphany. I didn't have an insight. I didn't have a miracle moment. No, I failed. I failed a lot. And it's one thing to, you know, fail in relationships, which I was really good at. It's a whole other thing to fail, fail professionally. And I did both. And I always, could, I always attribute where I'm at now to that failure because this wasn't my road. This was not what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't go to school for this. This wasn't my dream as a little girl to be a sex therapist. It's actually the opposite because, I mean, we still don't even say sex in my house back in Georgia. So <laughs> to be a sex therapist in Southeast Georgia is a whole other thing. Um, but anyway, my goal was to help people in some way. And through my life, I thought it was to go into emergency medicine as a physician. So I went, did all the science, went to med school, failed big time with my own self after that first year. It's like, this is not what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And my life, I'll skip the, the gory details, but it was pretty horrible. And I pivoted and I said, this is a chance to change. And so then I found another type of helping profession in child abuse and domestic services, where I met a therapist for the first time who were working with the kids in the child abuse services agency I was working for. And when I met that therapist, I was like, whoa, like, this is incredible. Look what you do. And really something in me just clicked. Mm. Something said, this is how you're supposed to serve. You didn't even know what a therapist was because we just didn't have that growing up. Still don't in that area of the country a whole lot. And when I figured out what they did, I thought this is the path I'm supposed to do. So I jumped all in, did the thing. And as the years went by helping individuals and couples notice that intimacy, sex, and a lot of issues around this, it was really hard to talk about. And I knew firsthand how hard it was to talk about growing up the way I grew up and what society and culture says, especially about good girls and what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. And so I knew I had needed some extra training. So that's why I decided to specialize and go into the specialty of sex therapy and intimacy issues. So again, that failure got me where I'm at with that transformation. And then personally, a whole lot of failed relationships. A lot of times I was the issue. Other times it was partners that was the issue. But it wasn't until I said, I need to work on how I'm showing up because I'm kind of the constant thing in this failure part of relationships. And through that work, it just clicked for me. And I finally found a healthy relationship because I got healthy myself. So for me, that transformation, it went on really two different paths that were unexpected, but it all went back to me saying, it's okay that I went through this failure. It's the only way I would appreciate where I'm at now. And it's really the only way I would have gotten to where I'm at now. So 
out of the healing, I've now been able to embrace that failure and kind of laugh about it. And in real time was not laughing, lots of tears. But I feel like that's made me who I am today and helps me better connect with people who may be going through their own failure, suffering, mm-hmm. or their own need for that transformation. Yeah, totally. I love the phrase failing forward. And a lot of times we'll talk about failures and I kind of like do like air quotes failure because you get to learn from those and it maybe took you down the path where, you know, you have that that gut feeling or that click inside your head like, oh, like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I love that so much. And thus it helps you thrive for sure. For sure. I love that so much. Well, I do want to talk a lot about relationships and a few different aspects, especially through a lens of habits and self-care. And like I said, I love how your show is called Fix Yourself First. And a lot of times in relationships, we're always focused on maybe fixing our partner or fixing everyone else around us, right? But do you find in relationships, it's more so uncomfortable changing ourselves instead? So how do we overcome that uncomfortable feeling where, you know, like maybe you're failing or you're like, "Mm," or maybe my spouse pointed out these things about me where I'm like, well, maybe I do need to reflect and change. What can we do to start reflecting on those things? Maybe we need to fix or transform in ourselves. Well, we could start by not personalizing maybe what that feedback is, or someone says, Hey, you need to take a look at this. Or maybe you said, Hey, I really needed to work on my confidence. And now I'm ready to look at it. But when it comes from a spouse or a partner, we can personalize it and it can lead to conflict and fights and arguments and resentment. But if we just don't make it so serious and having just say, okay, I'll take that into consideration and then say, you know what, do I want to make a change in this? And if I do decide to make a change, what could actually look different? So starting from that place of visualization of what's possible is a great place to start. And we want to do it on our terms, just because our spouse or partner may have said, hey, you need to look like you, you go like all off the rails when I point out something about how you're viewing yourself, like you get really uh, aggravated and frustrated and irritated towards me. So if we just say, you know what, I don't like that that's happening. And it's really not about my partner. It's about something getting triggered for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what, I'm willing to take a look at that. Just kind of dipping our toes in it and start to explore. And it is definitely a good place to start. But if we take it so heavy and so personal, then we're easily going to point that finger back to them and say, well, look at what you do wrong. Because I mean, that's super easy. But then we're the ones frustrated, aggravated, and upset because we're not feeling as connected as we want to. So you know, it's easy to point the finger. It's harder to do the work, but it's a heck of a lot more fulfilling to get on the other side of that work and accomplish some of these things for ourselves. because then we're going to show up healthier. For sure. Well, we go on the defense, right? We're going on the defense. Yes. It's like, like you said, you're irritated, you're frustrated, or you're like, maybe you kind of know that's true, but you don't want someone pointing it out to you, especially someone as close to you as a partner or a spouse. It's very... Um, it's almost like a spotlight on you and you want to step out of that spotlight for sure. Now, what if you have something in your partner where you're like, I really would like to have a discussion with them about something that maybe is bothering me that they do, or it's not helping our relationship. How can we have open communication with each other as partners where that other partner isn't going to be on the defense and have their gloves up ready to go? Well, it would be easy to say that if we just start talking that that our partners wouldn't get defensive, but we know that's not the case because it's our partner's decision if they get defensive or not. All we can control is, like you said, 
what we deliver, how we show up. And if we go ahead and be preventative and say, you know what, this may trigger something in them. They may get defensive. And if they do, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to respond back ahead of time. I'm going into this with not, with not getting ready to respond. So it's okay to say too, Hey partner, I've, I'm feeling a little bit bothered about this. I want to talk with you about it. You have time to talk is now a good time. And I always tell everybody, like, check that consent of timing first, because if it's about us getting our need met, meaning bringing up this topic, we want to see a change in our partner. If it's not a good time for them, or if they're not in a good space to receive it, we're not going to get our need met anyway. So let them say, hey, no, right now is not a good time, but then be able to sit in it and hold to the better time to your follow up later. So once you have identified, hey, they can hear me and listen to me, start out by saying, it's really hard for me to bring this up. And I know this is my stuff. It's not yours, meaning it's bothering me. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really hard. But do you just just hear me out? Okay, just just hold this space for me to talk this out with you if you've got a couple of moments. So you're prepping your partner by saying, hey, I got to get this off my chest. I just want to share this. Can you just hold there? Just hear me out. Just listen. Don't respond yet. That's the second step of telling your partner, hey, I don't need you to go in problem-solving mode and interrupt me with how you think I need to fix it because that's what many partners do, right? Especially if your partner's a male, it's how they're programmed, Mm -hmm. that um, you're kind of giving them that permission to sit back and really show up for you. So they don't have to really work on that problem-solving and telling them, hey, you know, it, it bothers me when you constantly bring up that I'm not initiating sex enough. Like you you say, hey, I want you to initiate it more. Hey, I want you to initiate it more. Hey, I want to initiate it more. When you do that to me, it makes me feel, you're not meaning to, but it makes me feel that you think I'm not doing something good enough. Therefore, I'm not good enough when it comes to sex in our relationship. And I don't want that for me. I know you don't want it for me. So if you can bring that up less, I'm willing to work on my awareness of maybe bringing myself more to initiate. If you'll do that, I'll do this on this end so that we can work together on this. Are you game for that? And it's highly likely, depending on how healthy your partner is, they're going to say, yeah, if you'll work on it, I'll work on it. Okay, cool. So we're collaborating on this versus compromising. And so if you bring this up, if we can't just bring up problems without saying what we're willing to do on our end too, because this is about having some type of equality within this relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's our self-responsibility to bring our half to it. Absolutely. I love that approach so much you know first just making sure it's a good time like if they just got through like paying some bills or getting off like a work call it's probably not the best time (laughs) where that's going to happen but I like how you kind of turned it back on yourself as well like hey this is really hard for me to talk about this is the way it makes me feel not so much like hey when you say that like it's really Mm -hmm. mean or you know like this is how it comes across versus just saying you know this is how it makes me feel just just me thinking about how I would say that to my husband I almost think like saying it out loud and practicing it by yourself would be a really great habit to start establishing like if you're like I want to have these hard conversations it feels uncomfortable Maybe if I practice saying it out loud, it's going to lessen the blow and he's going to be so much more open to receiving and holding space for me. 
Hey gang, cutting into this conversation real quick to share our amazing partner, Athletic Greens. So I started taking their AG1 because I wanted to optimize my health even more, but I was having a hard time making the habit of taking so many supplements. And as we talk about here all the time, if you aren't enjoying a habit, then simplify it. And AG1 was the answer for me. It's seriously like nine health products in one. So AG1 has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, foods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, just all the things. And what I really like about AG1 is that it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it can fit your lifestyle. And I love that it contains less than one gram of sugar and still tastes amazing. It tastes super fresh and not earthy like other nutritional drinks I've tried in the past. So drinking AG1 every day has been a major keystone habit in my health. I have stacked it onto my already established morning habits consistently over the past month, and it has helped me so much with my energy levels. It's helped with my recovery from my workouts and even my digestion. It's so much easier than trying to take a bunch of supplements. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's seriously it. So if you're wanting to give this super simple, convenient daily nutrition a try, Athletic Greens has made this very simple for you. They're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs, which I never travel without now myself, with your first purchase of AG1. And y'all, it comes in the cutest canister to store your powder in and a bottle to easily measure out your water with a scoop. You'll love it. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash self-transformed. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash self-transformed to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I can't wait to hear how you love your AG1 too. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, at practicing that loud and putting it out there is a great way to kind of get used to your own voice in doing it. I talk to myself all the time, so Same. Same. <laughs> it helps. <laughs> Same. Well, when it comes to your partner, you know, in our community, I would say the biggest challenge a lot of women have is time, making enough time, not only for themselves, but maybe spending more time with their partner or at least intentional time versus just sitting in bed after the kids go to sleep and like scrolling social media. And we're all about, you know, habit formation and strategy here on this show. So how would one start incorporating more time with their partner without it feeling overwhelming? Yeah, you've got enough going on, right? To think, okay, now I have to carve out an hour to spend, you know, with my partner. So you've got that every single one of us have snippets of time in our day. Now that time may not be as long as we want. It might only be 15 minutes of uninterrupted time versus two hours. But take that, if it's that 15 minutes that you got where you're both just in there alone fixing the lunches or you're getting coffee together and you've got, you know, 15 minutes for the next thing happens. The intentionality of it, being present, not picking up that phone, not turning the dang TV on, leaving those distractions and just saying, how's it going? What's coming up? Yeah, I look forward to our vacation. Hey, how's things going with your mom? Just taking a couple of moments of when you're face to face, asking a little bit more than the logistics of life and just connecting without distraction is key. I love walks and I know you're a big fan of this too. Grabbing your partner's in, let's just go. We've got 20 minutes before the next thing happens. Let's just go. Even if it's like walking around the house or walking mm -hmm. on the block and back, you're not on your phone, you're talking and connecting. 
making use of the current time you have. And if we start looking at that saying, it's not, I can't make more time. I want to use better time. Mm -hmm. That would be where I would start it and putting those distractions to the side um, during that time. You're going to get better quality time because when you get better quality time, you're going to more intimately connect through communication, intimacy, emotional intimacy, and all those are the type of intimacies that leads to better physical intimacy. For sure. For sure. I know sometimes there's been days where we are just so busy with our boys and work. And sometimes I look at my husband and I'm like, I miss you. Like, I feel like I haven't seen you and we live together. <laughs> or like you said, our conversations, it's like, okay, here's what we have coming up this week. Can you go get Dylan? Can you get Tyler? Okay. I'm not going to be here at this time versus just sitting down being like, Oh, how, how are you doing? You know, just a simple intentional conversation. Like you said, putting away the phone that will build that into intimacy. Like you said, that leads to more physical into intimacy for sure. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that maybe we can reframe how we see is that in, when, when the kids are the, in the bed, everything's closed down for the night and you are there in the bedroom at night. It's everyone gets a little bit of time alone before going to bed, right. Or you're together doing that. Just saying, hey, let's just before we cut the TV on, before before we start scrolling, before we start reading, let's just talk for a couple of minutes and then we can go do that. Or let's just do nothing but hug or touch or handhold. I think especially with women, uh, what happens is sometimes there's this fear. Well, if I do that, I reach out for a hug. They're going to initiate sex or they're going to try to get busy because I'm touching them. And it's just it's OK to say, I just want some physical touch. Yeah. I don't want to have sex. right? If you don't, if you do go for it. But I just want to hug and connect right now. Can we just just hug me? I'm set a timer for five minutes. But talking about it and putting it there ahead of time versus in your head going, gosh, I hope they don't you know, touch me there. Don't rub there. So, you know, taking advantage of that time before you both go into your own, whatever your winding night time routine is, is really helpful for quality time, too. So making use of the time we have versus thinking we got to create more. Mm. Well, I think some women see like sex as a chore sometimes just like, oh, okay, here we go. And I feel like you can create it as a healthy habit in your life for your spouse. But a lot of times you're like, I'm so tired or it's just like robotic for that matter. And I feel like it's one of the first things to go sometimes in a relationship when you're like super, super busy. You're doing this, you're doing that. I like, you're like, I just want to go to bed. Like I'm physically and like mentally stimulated all day long. I don't want anyone touching me or talking to me for that matter. But how can you start building a habit of having sex and like physical intimacy with your spouse where it doesn't feel overwhelming or like a chore anymore? It is so common for it to feel chore like or that checking off the to-do list because a lot of times our partners, our libido and desire are different. That's okay. There's different drives, different frequencies. And if we stop and think about it, it a lot of times we feel the same way about activity or movement, right? Like, oh, I don't want to go for that walk or I don't, but we put our shoes on and we go and then we feel better about it. Same thing goes to, for sex, but there's a difference when it comes to sex because it's a timing thing in the sense of mm. some of us are more morning sex people or not sex people or weekend sex people. If you've got people pulling on you all the time, which most people do, it's okay to say, yeah, on the weekend, I have a little bit more time on Saturdays. You know, I want to get a little bit more sleep, but let's take a little time to jump in the shower before everybody busts in the door. It's okay to lock the door. Mm -hmm. they take and say, hey, yeah, let's catch up on Saturday. Looking forward to it and talking about it is like so much more the enjoyment of it sometimes than the actual getting and making it happen. It's the build up. It's the foreplay. But if you're kind of forcing yourself, if you're tired, you're thinking, end of the day, how in the world can I have sex? 
a lot of women don't want to have sex at the end of the day. They're tired. But sometimes if your partner is a male, many males like sex at the end of the day because they blow off steam and it helps them sleep. Whereas mm-hmm. women, sometimes it has the opposite effect. So mm-hmm. having these conversations with your partner and saying, hey, when is the ideal time? And don't say 24 seven because that's not possible when they say that. But just <laughs> say, if you had that ideal time, that would be good for you. It may be, you know what? Yeah, on Sundays, yeah, the kids go have a sleepover on Friday night. Maybe we can take some time then and just get to bed maybe an hour earlier than we usually do. Mm. Collaborate on when it's going to be best and don't get locked into the, we got to have sex three times a week or if we're not having sex every single whatever, it doesn't mean anything. The other part of the habit is giving some options. Meaning, Mm. penetrative sex isn't the only option. We have to have a buffet of things that we can do, experience, and play that's not just, air quotes, sex or how we traditionally define sex. So having a couple of options where you're taking sex and not making it be so heavy, you're not making it mean so much, you're not putting the weight of the relationship on it. You're looking at it as play and fun Um, and bringing it kind of like like you define that movement, fun activity mm -hmm. to enjoy versus this heaviness. Now, I know there's a whole experience, background, our perception, our sexual self-esteem. There's a lot I know goes into it. However, the place to start is like, how can I redefine it to make it work for me versus maybe making it mean so much and heaviness is keeping it from working for me. Mm. I love the fact that you pointed out, you know, it being fun and like the build up to it. I know and the timing, there's just so many layers to it that I think a lot of us just don't think of. And we're thinking about it in such a traditional sense. And we have to get like logistical about it. Like when's the best time? Like my husband has started working from home more and like daytime, he's like poking his head in the office, like, Uh Hey, you got a minute. And I'm like, if I'm in the works, I had to, I had to communicate with him. Like, Hey, if I'm in the middle, like of like that flow, like we're going to have to like, delay it because it's going to get me on my flow and like or sometimes it's like oh I do want to be spontaneous and being okay and communicating with that but also texting each other throughout the day like fun little flirty things I think that anticipation builds up and I think it helps as a female as well especially if they're sending you messages back it's like oh this this seems more fun versus just like okay here I am lay down okay we're done and then Mm -hmm. you know go to sleep it's just it's it needs to be fun. And I feel like it's one of the first things that always goes. And I think it just, it plays into everything with your relationship. I strongly believe that. Absolutely. And it's important to know too, that physical or sexual intimacy is only one of the 12 types of intimacy. So we need those other types of Mm -hmm. intimacies in order to fully connect for many of us. We need those other types of intimacies too. So I would just want everyone to know that physical sexual intimacy isn't the only way to build that connection and working on those other ways helps really enhance that part of the connection. Mm, I love that. Well, I love how we've talked about communication and how to go about having these conversations and, you know, and one other thing that's been kind of at the top of my head, would you schedule in like in your schedule, like I'm going to have like intimate time with my partner? Do you think that would work for some people or for some people? Do you think that would be too much pressure or too much of a regimen? You know what I mean? Sure. That's a good question. Think of it as intentional scheduling. Right. Meaning, yeah, like you, everyone's got the schedule color coded to everyone's activities and everything. However, if you just in your head think, hey, Saturday, I know we're going to, you know, 
the kids are going to be away. I'm going to have a little bit of time in the morning. I'm going to make sure I try to initiate in your head, but you're not putting it on a calendar. Mm-hmm. Now, if you feel like you want to go on a calendar, but then it makes it feel like, okay, if it's on the calendar, that means I got to hold myself to it. And if they see I deleted it from the calendar, they're going to think I don't want them. Like there's a whole thing that happens. Like that. I have to. Oh, I, I have, have to. to yeah. Like we're already on a time schedule so much of our day. But we can intentionally schedule in our head to say, intentionally, I want to try to make a move or I want to be a little more flirty Friday night or, hey, I'm, I'm thinking Friday night, but gosh, that just did not happen. I was exhausted. We had that great dinner, maybe tomorrow morning. I'm going to be the one to initiate it because I know how good it feels for me to be wanted. I want to make sure that they know I want them to. So scheduling is more about the intention and presentness and the planning of it versus the logistical putting it down on the couch. Mm, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that kept coming up in the forefront of my mind because I know a few women listening are probably like, some I think feel feel like some are like, I need just like a flexible schedule. And some people are like very black and white. Like I need 10 a.m. I do this. 10 a.m. I'm going to have sex with my husband. Do <laughs> You know, and have that lined yeah. out. So I know some women their wheels were turning with that so I love that so much so much intentionality behind today's conversation Dr. Christy thank you so much for coming on the show where can everyone connect with you and listen to your show sure if they're on Instagram they can find me at Christy underscore overstreet and on the link in bio is the podcast or they can just go to my website dot.christyoverstreet.com and find the podcast and other resources there and I appreciate you having me on the show and taking on this topic we all you know, can do a better job with taking care of ourselves and how we show up in our relationships. We really all deserve connection. And that's really what intimacy is, is connection. Mm, We all crave it. That's for sure. And sometimes it's just intentionality behind that connection. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you so much, Christy. Thanks. Dr. Christy, thank you so much for this conversation. I think it is super important, maybe something we don't talk about enough. Maybe we talk about it with our girlfriends, but more from a a place of humor, like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. My husband wanted to have sex last night, (laughs) right? But I think this is really important because building intimacy with your husband, your partner is super important because you can think of it this way. Your kids are gonna grow up and move out someday. You wanna have a fun and open communication and line of intimacy with your partner for all time as those seasons of life change and just being super intentional with your conversations the time that you spend together is going to just make your relationship even stronger giving you that big transformation well let's get into my three biggest takeaways so number one like i mentioned dr christie's podcast is called fix yourself first and i love this so much and when it comes to conversations with your spouse maybe they are mentioning you know hey something about this bothers me the number one thing i would ask yourself is do you feel triggered or defensive right so sometimes i feel that way when it comes to uh laundry <laughs> it's so silly but I'm not very good at um, keeping up on the laundry. I've been trying really hard to do that because it piles up, it creates a mess, and my husband is very like a black and white type of person. He likes to keep things orderly, and just kind of like how my mind is all over the place, that's sometimes how laundry gets for me. And he has mentioned before like, hey, I really wish we could keep up on the laundry, and then automatically I get super defensive and be like, oh, 
well, you know, if I had some help and you did it too, but, 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 you know, like, and it's like, you know, it's something that I personally do need to work on. It's one of my responsibilities um, here in the house. You know, he has his responsibilities that he helps around the house with too. And when you come at it from a place like, okay, why am I being so defensive and triggered? It's like, well, maybe because I am doing this, you know, start with yourself first. And like Dr. Christie mentioned, you'll show up healthier in your relationship when you're thinking about, mm, what, what, what can I do? It's a lot easier to point the finger and it's a lot harder to do the work. But I love how she mentioned coming from a place of collaboration versus compromise. So let's get into my second biggest takeaway. And that's about how to approach a conversation with your spouse. So going back to that collaborative versus compromise, maybe there's something about them that is bothering you. And I love how she was like, turn it back to you. You know, if my husband would approach me about having the laundry done, but instead of being like, you aren't doing the laundry, babe, if he was like, hey, it's, you know, allowing me not to be able to get ready for work as quickly in the morning because I can never find any clean clothes or my clothes are always wrinkled and I'm not showing up and it makes me, you know, I'm not showing up looking professional. It makes me feel insecure, which honestly, I don't think he would say something like that, but along those lines. That, that makes me like, oh my gosh, babe, yes, I totally want to help you, you know, feel good about yourself heading to work and not rush in the morning because you can't find, you know, clean clothes to wear or where the clean clothes are if they're piled up in a laundry basket. But also, check back on the timing. Like I said, if he is approaching me or I'm approaching him about something and it is a time where I am high stressed, the kids are talking to me, the dogs are barking, I'm trying to make dinner, I'm responding to emails, that's not a good time to have this conversation. But it's all about compromise. So thinking about, well, what can we do to work? I'm sorry, collaboration. What can we do to do this together? How can we do this? And asking them, does this sound good? Does this sound like a good solution? And you'll get to that healthier place in your relationship as well. So think about timing and making it about you when you have something you want to approach your spouse with or partner about maybe something that you want to change. But make it about you. Make it about you. And lastly, I love this intentional time builds intimacy. <laughs> and like she mentioned, you know, a couple of minutes face to face, asking more about than just the logistics of life, you're connecting without distractions. It's going to give you so much more connection with your partner, more into intimacy connects you to them. Like I said, sometimes I'm like, I miss you to my husband because we live together, but we're just so busy doing life together. And if you're like, well, this feels really uncomfortable to be like, hey, babe, let's put our phones down and just like talk. Like the more you do it, though, you know, it's that compound effect we always talk about. The more you do these small habits, the more you'll have a massive transformation over time. And going back to intimacy and intimacy as far as like sex goes, self, sex is a healthy habit to have in your relationship. And going back to the tips we already talked about, thinking about, is this a good time? If you are almost falling asleep and your husband's like, hey girl, let's go. And you're like, no, it's not happening. Just, you know, <laughs> express that to him. And I love the buildup of it, you know, not just like, boom, here we are, like, you know, texting each other, thinking about that collaboration, you know, mixing it up, not just vanilla sex, if you will, making it fun. Um, and just you know, not necessarily intentionally scheduling it on your calendar, like Dr. Christie mentions, but thinking about, you know, like, okay, every Saturday morning, we've built a habit of, you know, sleeping in, and that is when we have our 
bow, chicka, wow, wow time because the kids are sleeping in the doors closed, dogs are out of the room, everything's good. But it turns into more of look what I get to do versus I have to do this, right? And I think over time as you build this habit of intimacy and intentional time with your husband, it's going to become easier to incorporate that into your life versus pushing it to the side because you're too busy. Okay, I hope you found today's episode super helpful. If you want to connect with Dr. Christy, I have her website linked in the show notes and her podcast, Fix Yourself First. I love this. If you want to enjoy some more conversations and guest experts talking about all things relationships, sex, habit building, definitely go listen to her podcast. And remember, in the show notes, you can come join my free Facebook community. We're hosting our next free live coaching. It's a little mini coaching, 15 minutes or less, because I know y'all are busy. It'll be next Wednesday, the 15th at 12 p.m. Eastern. I'll announce what the subject matter is that I'll be coaching on this Thursday on Habit Hack Thursday, because the girls in the community get to vote on what they want to talk about. So I got to see what they want to talk about. And of course, if you ever want to work with me, you can find all the resources linked in the show notes as well. I am cheering for you, girlfriends, sending you a big hug. I hope you take today's episode to heart and start building that intention time building intimacy with your partner and watching that transformation in your relationship. All right, gang, catch up with you later this week. Hey girl, real quick before you go, if you want some free motivation texted to you every week from me to help you have it hack your health, send me your favorite emoji to 773-904-2157 and sign up for my weekly pump up text. I can't wait to catch up with you there. Hey, and if you love the podcast, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a rating and review in iTunes. That way more mamas can also find the show. Then you can even email me a screenshot of your review and I'll send you either a Starbucks gift card or give you a free habit hacking call with me live on the podcast. Love and appreciate you, friend. I'll see you next time.